Being an entrepreneur can be lonely. That's why I joined the Bra Network. That's the Business Relationships Alliance. Just like a good bra, the Bra Network lifts, gathers, and connects you to other like-minded entrepreneurial women with the knowledge that when we work together, we rise together. For me, the Bra Network provides the community, mentorship, collaboration, and empowerment I was looking for. From business, marketing, and finance courses to curated events to weekly Zoom meetups, the Bra Network works to advance women across the country. If you haven't joined, now's the time. Use your special code, WARRIOR, for your discount and join today at bra-network.com. That's bra-network.com. Women aren't born warriors, we become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week I'm interviewing women who through tragedy and triumph are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Do you celebrate your accomplishments, your big and small business and personal wins? I'm not talking about rewarding yourself. I'm talking about taking a moment to slow down and pat yourself on the back for a job well done. No? Well, you're not alone. The truth is most women do not celebrate themselves. Ask women if they're critical of themselves and you'll get a resounding yes. So why is it so hard to celebrate ourselves? My guest today was wondering the same thing, and she created a business and a book that does just that. Everyone needs a hype woman, yes? A woman who's got your back, cheers you on, supports your dreams and goals. The next level, though, is becoming your own hype woman. Being the head of your own fan club and your own biggest cheerleader is not only the key to happiness but it's the key to success. This is something I've been working on for the last few months and I'm excited because we're going to learn how to do that today from the ultimate hype woman, Tony Purry. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. Rita Bakutsi. Oh my God, it's so good to see you, Rita. You were episode 25 and you were one of the most popular episodes, by the way, Rita. It was a financial warrior episode. What if I wanna come and hang out with you more, Rita? What are you doing? Oh my gosh, Liz, I would love for you to come hang out more with me. And I'm going to extend a personal invitation to you and all your warrior women to join me at Wine, Women, and Wealth, because that's a monthly event where we get to have fun together. It's a safe space to talk and we get to connect with other amazing women. Wine, Women, and Wealth. This sounds right up my alley. But what if I don't know anything, Rita? What if I really need a kind of a little bit of education around money? Well, then you can check out my free Money 101 webinar where you get to learn six key money principles, how to create a financial shield of armor. I love that. Okay, but what if I'm really serious about money? Like, what if I really want to get in deep with you? I want to learn a lot and I want to go fast. Well, if you want to go fast, Money Education Movement Bootcamp is yours. If you're serious and fast, you get that money mindset mastery, your money skills mastery in a small interactive group. My God, I love all these things. Okay, I want to sign up for everything. Where do I go, Mama Rita? You get to go to mamaritamoney.com. Yes, that's M-A-M-M-A-R-I-T-A money.com. Come on, warriors, join me and let's get financially savvy. Today on the show, my new friend and warrior woman, Tony Purry. Tony is a positioning and visibility strategist. 
After an award-winning public relations career with over 20 years of industry experience, she created My Hype Book, a tool that assists people in creating enthusiasm and confidence on every personal level. When not speaking or conducting workshops around My Hype Book, her work involves consulting and coaching people on ways to amplify their voice by finding the most confident and compelling ways to raise brand awareness and gain meaningful visibility. Welcome to the show, Tony. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I know, I and I love what you're doing with this podcast. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much. I'm I'm so excited because we don't know each other well. We kind of peripherally know each other, so now we're gonna really now it's really gonna happen, Tony. Yes. Now it's gonna happen for us. It's like <laughs> our first real date. I know that's true. That's that, what it's that's like. true. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning because I like to really know you. And and the reason why I asked this first question is because I always think there's like little clues in your childhood to maybe what you're doing now, like if you really think about it. So what was your childhood like? What did you think you would grow up to be? Okay, so I had a great childhood. I grew up in Boston, actually. My parents moved there right out of college. And I love that that is part of my history. I was there until we I was 15. We moved then back to the South. And it was great. I grew up in a really good neighborhood with lots of kids, with you know, kickball every day and hot peas and cold butter and dodgeball and all of the things. Hot peas and cold butter. I don't even know what that is. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun. It's what kind is of hot a, peas and cold butter. It's kind of a, a hide and seek sort of game. Oh, is it like know? a kind of like a red red light, green light, like one of those games yes. named the yeah, okay. I yes, if you get closer, you're butter. like you're getting closer to hot peas and cold butter, cold butter. Yes. Oh and my god, like I love this. Stuff behind our houses. So we used to have a, a, a blast with that. But as a child, I was heavily involved with gymnastics and track. And so I for sure knew I was going to be an Olympian. I told my mother I was going to be the next Wilma Rudolph or the next Nadia Comaneci. And those were my dreams until I moved to the South and I I got out of those, those sports, but but I absolutely loved it. And um, it was- Well, you must've been very disciplined then, Tony, because you can't, those are those sports. Like my kids are not over here doing any of that stuff. Let me just say. <laughs> like my daughter just started like sand volleyball and I she had one practice. She's like, my wrist hurt. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so you obviously had a lot of strength and determination. You were tenacious even as a child because I you did. don't just do those, those sports otherwise. I did. It's good that you you mentioned that because I realize now it did require a lot of discipline and a lot of um, hunger and love for it on my own because, so obviously this was a long time ago, but I remember I was nine, 10, all the way from nine to to 15, where I was on the gymnastics team, I would take the school bus home. So I, you know, totally a latchkey kid, um, take the school bus home and I do my homework and then I take the transit bus, um, the city bus to my gymnastics class. And that was the five, five o'clock bus. And then I'd stay there until the very last bus. Um, and I take the city bus back to my house and walk back to my house. And I, I mean, I was nine, 10, 11. It sounds wow. terribly negligent on my parents' behalf. No, but that back then we kind of did things like that. We, we really totally did. did. And, and, and that was my daily routine. And I, my mom didn't have to threaten me. I stuck to it. It was what I wanted to do. It was how I spent my days. So, yeah, so, so pretty 
disciplined and pretty determined and competitive and, you know, all of those wonderful, wonderful things that sports that, that they can do for you and they feed, you know, that spirit in you. Absolutely. I mean, I think that probably helps with your clients. I'm just saying. Tell me about your career in PR. You've had a long career in PR. I mean, really have. Over two decades. Yes. Oh, Lord. Tell me some of the important lessons you think it taught you over the years or important lessons even for us, you know, PR wise, whatever you want to share. So I have had a really great career in PR right out of college. I started working at a regional theater that was a big, beautiful in Alabama, $26 million structure when they built it. And, you know, I think they built it in the 80, early 80s. And it was um, patterned after, you know, the Royal Theater. And it was just exquisite. And it was a wonderful job for me. And I remember one of the first campaigns that I decided to do there was this big musical production that we had that was called Ain't Misbeh- that's called Ain't Misbehaving. I know that one. It's a great one. And so it's kind of the show at the end of the year. I was in marketing. I was the youngest one in marketing. I was kind of the new kid on the block. And I decided to come up with this campaign where we would, my job was audience development coordinator. So I was responsible for trying to market to some of our underdeveloped markets, some of the markets that weren't uh, thriving as well as, you know, as we felt like they should. So I went out to speak to all of these social groups and invited them to come in for this big event where they could, we'd split the ticket sales. So we'd get, you know, part of the ticket sales and they could use it as a fundraiser for themselves. Introduced that to my boss. She loved the idea. It was a big, big hit. But it took me like about seven months to plan, you know, before it would happen. So I remember I'd sit in marketing and everybody else would have all of these great ideas about the different campaigns and things that they were doing. And I was always, yeah, I'm working on the Ain't Misbehaving event. Yeah, I'm working up months and months and months and months. And I think everybody thought, bless her little heart. She's just, <laughs> she is banking on this one thing. And the the community groups were slow to sign up. And I had one particular deadline for them to sign up. And so this is back when fax machines were a big thing. And I, I mean, I was determined. I stuck to my guns about, I felt like this was the thing. This was going to be the thing. And the day of the deadline for everybody to fax in the number of tickets that they wanted to secure, the fax machine was blowing up off the chain. I mean, we could not. I remember the person whose office was right outside the fax machine. She called and she's like, somebody needs to come down here and tend to this fax machine because they just it keeps going off and. And it was just one of those big lessons for me that I could bet on myself. And it was a good thing to bet on myself, my idea, even though everybody in the marketing department was just kind of, it felt like they were really just sort of placating me and and really sort of bless her heart that she's, you know, got this little grandiose idea that's really not going to work because they knew the market pretty well. And even my boss told me, She's like, if this doesn't work, are you, you know, I, I was in your position before this position and I know that market and it can be very temperamental. So I want you to manage your expectations. And I'm like, it's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be a I'm hit. You, it's going to, yeah, it's going to hit. It's going to be a big hit. 
And so it was really cool to prove them all wrong and, and also to just see an, an opportunity to bet on myself. And I, I think that is a, a lesson that I kind of learned and carried throughout my entire career because I became known for coming up with these really creative sort of out of the box ideas for clients. And even they would sometimes be a little gun shy about, do you really think, you know, and I just would convince them, you know, we can bet on ourselves. This is something that we can do. I know it's going to work. And sure enough, I've had a, a whole career of, of a lot of those things coming off really, really well. Yeah. So you have good instincts. Yes. So suffering from major burnout, you decided to close your PR agency after 10 years and find a new path of fulfillment. And you tried for two years even to just shift things and restore your passion. I know this story for the company you'd built, but you knew you were meant for more. So you had to move on. So tell me about that time because here you are, Mrs. Instinct and Magic. Everything's <laughs> kind of going well for you. And yet right. you're like, I'm done here. I don't I'm want done. to do this anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. That was a that was a tough season for me. I started my agency in 2007 at the beginning of the you know the big financial crisis and recession. We soared. We did really well. We won lots of awards. The lion's share of our we were a generalist PR agency, but the lion's share of our business was in hospitality and tourism. So we represented luxury hotels and destinations and high-end shopping plazas and all the fun, you know, lifestyle um, stuff. And I had a rock star team of employees and I had an impressive roster of clients. But around year eight, I really was just completely uninspired. There was no challenge to my work anymore. And I was burnt out, you know, and I think I made some decisions that weren't so wise that caused me to become really burnt out because I was trying to do all the things and 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 trying to grow, you know, but also manage my growth so that I could keep my hands around everything. It was a lot. And I felt really bad that I didn't want to do that work anymore. I mean, and I couldn't tell anybody because, I mean, my job was inviting journalists to eight course wine pairing dinners, you know, and really fun, exciting things like that. But you know, it was still work and I was just over it. So for two years, I, I did. I tried to shift it. Okay, we're going to focus into, you know, more production or we're going to focus into more. I mean, I tried everything and I just could not find a love for what I was doing. I would lay in my bed and think, oh, I think I have a sore throat. I really don't <laughs> need to go into the office. <laughs> my Anything. own beautiful creative office space. I didn't want to go in. And so I finally decided, you know, to scale back on the business and I'm at home. I've transitioned employees to contract employees. I have not pursued renewal of any contracts. I just have a handful and I have, my confidence is at its absolute lowest. And confidence isn't something that I traditionally struggled with because I'm pretty a pretty optimistic person, but I was in this place where I was like, what have you done? You had this beautiful, amazing office, and now you don't have that anymore. You had these great employees that were really good. What, now what are you going to do? And my challenge was I didn't want to do that anymore, but I had no clue what I wanted to do next. It's one thing to say, I'm not doing this anymore because I'm going to do this. It's oh, another no, thing Going to say, off into the unknown is like going to hell, of course. Exactly. Yes. I have no clue what I want to do. So I felt like, you know, a real loser. And then I also realized having an agency was 
a mantle for me. It was, I was very proud about that. I don't have any kids. So the company was my baby. I called it my baby. And now I didn't want the baby anymore, you know? So I'm walking through the living room. My husband is watching a documentary about Muhammad Ali and I'm captivated by his confidence. I am trying to understand how did this man maintain his confidence in the face of defeat? How did he maintain it when the country despised him because he didn't support the Vietnam War. How did he maintain it even when he was stricken with Parkinson's disease? Every image that you can think of, if you close your eyes and think about him, is a man of confidence. And a couple of clips later, I see Bundini Brown, his hype man, his corner man, right before he's going into a, a fight, in his face, ardently yelling, reminding him of his wins, his knockouts, that he is the greatest, he's the champ. And my thought is, man, if we all had a hype man, <laughs> we'd have that kind of confidence as well. And Liz, in that moment, I thought I need to make myself a hype book. And I keep journals. I buy journals all the time and keep them stored. I grabbed a journal off my, my um, shelf, sat in the middle of my living room floor, cut out pictures and wrote in great detail for two, two days about my wins and my my gifts, my talents, all of those things that made me personally proud, not what society says is great, but what made me feel really good. Everything from big accounts that we had won to pro bono work, because my agency for the whole 10 years, we take on one nonprofit and represent them at no cost for an entire year and running the LA Marathon. I mean, just those things that made me proud. And within two days of doing that, there was this ascension of confidence that rose up in me because I was now looking at myself through my success lens versus that really harsh critical lens that I think we spend so much time. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, doing. And a girlfriend sent me a text message during that time and she's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm making a hype book. She's like, what's a hype book? It's the best thing ever. It's when you sit down and really take inventory of who you are and your gifts and your talents. And she's like, Tony, that's amazing. Everybody needs one. I'm like, Kim, I know. That's why you need to do it. She's like, oh my gosh, no. She's Tony. like, no, you got to make me one. I'm not making my own. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's what I would say. You need to write that book. Yes. And that became that next thing for me is is nine months of writing writing what became uh, my hype book um, and it's a guided motivational journal that really just walks you through the process of taking inventory because we accomplish things especially as women and I know this was me with my agency and all of the work that I've ever done and then we're on to the next and then we're on to the next and you're on to the end of your a type you know, you, you have five lists of things I mean at minimum yes. that you want to accomplish and you don't take time to celebrate those things because you're on to the next one and yes. you're on to the next one. But now if you mess up or you room it or you, you oh, then you're going to kick your own butt for six months. Yeah, exactly. Or longer. Yeah. So this is a way to kind of a tool that I use that helped me shift how I saw myself and how I was looking at myself and putting a little bit more of my, you know, my badassery in the forefront of my mind and, and a lot less about, you know, how I may have been beating myself up over things that didn't go like I wanted them to. I mean, I think that is so brilliant and I'm going to get this hype book because I need one. <laughs> you say entrepreneurship can really create this insatiable desire to prove ourselves. And uh. that seems like it's fuel. Like I definitely have that and it feels like fuel, but it does need to be managed with restraint. Exactly. You're right. Because you had this ambition, but we don't give ourselves grace. We don't celebrate. Right. We don't give ourselves credit. 
how can we give ourselves that? How can we give ourselves grace and credit for how far we've come and get off our own asses? Right. Honestly, I think it is, it's, and this is what I've had to learn and teach myself is I have to be in the practice of really taking time to commemorate those things that I'm proud of, whether they're small all or big things. Whether I checked everything off my list today and I feel really good about that, then, you know, I deserve a glass of wine tonight to celebrate that I did this. And this is different. It's a difference between when I say celebrate, I really say, how do you, how do you commemorate that thing? How do you make a moment of it? How do you really sit in it and, and think about it? Because we are so quick to be on to that next thing, it is a way, like, let's say you get a, you know, you, you get a, a big, big, big name person on your podcast. I'm not calling you to say you, I want to reward you. I say, girl, let's celebrate. We are going out and I'm going to buy you, you know, the best martini and we're going to celebrate because we want to, we want to make a moment of it so that then you are remembering yourself for that accomplishment more than you are remembering the no's that you may have gotten when you reached out, you know, for somebody to be on the podcast or, you know, and so it's getting in that practice of how am I really taking inventory of those things as well as I'm giving myself grace when things don't go so well. My husband used to say, you need to let yourself off the hook. And I, I'm like, I don't, what does that mean? And he's, it's like you, 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 you belabor this stuff. Get over it. It happened. Move on. And I couldn't understand it, but I remember he'd do something and he'd say, "I'm sorry," and then he'd move on. And I'm like, "He's not sorry enough. He needs to really <laughs> feel really bad about it." Yeah. But I've learned to really appreciate that he, he just lets it go. He lets it go. He's heartfelt in his regret around whatever it is that maybe didn't go, but he moves on. Now, my husband is an actor, and so. He, there was a ton of rejection. And yeah, he's gotten a, he's like an expert. He's just, I'm Mr. Moving on. He can't, I can't, he's like, Tony, I can't afford to dwell in that thing that didn't happen the way I wanted it to. You have to move on. And yeah. so I have him to encourage me. And I think it's good to have those people. I call it your hype tribe. Those people around you that help to remind you, one, how good you are two to see yourself. And then to say, I have one girlfriend who would call me and she's like, can, can I just give you permission to let that go? And it was something about her saying that, that I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll take that. You know, yes, thank you very much. Thank you. Exactly. Sometimes we need to somebody to remind us there was a permission slip to move on. And yeah. um, those are the practices that I've incorporated in, and they've definitely helped me. Well, I think you're totally right. I think especially do not celebrate themselves. Like I think we work really hard to do certain things and right. we don't celebrate them because I, I, when this, when my 50th episode was approaching and I had gotten Amy Brenneman as a- I know, as, I loved her. I yes. loved her show. You remember oh, her I show, Judge? Her. Judging Amy, yeah. Judging Amy. Yes. That was such a fantastic show. I was, was so happy for you show. to get that. Yeah, so I, that was a big win. And I, I remember thinking I was just trying to plow into- you know, get me get this episode out. Let me do the social media around it. Let me this and that. Right. And then I said, stop. Yes. Stop, girl. Stop, stop. And I, I put an email out, an evite to all the women that had been on my podcast, all oh. the women. And I said, let's have a party. I love it. 
And yes, we, got, we do it. Yes, and we got on Zoom. And I, the best thing for me is connecting women. That is like my favorite thing in the world. So that it was like fun for me. They were like, oh, well, let's toast you. I'm like, well, we can toast you, but this is really fun for me. So I had everybody give me a fun fact. Mm-hmm. And then I introduced them with their fun facts. So it would be something really memorable and funny and good. I love and it. You should have seen what happened. I mean, the Carrie from the cancer cartel said, here's what I'm doing. I'm trying to pay for people's expenses because cancer is really expensive. Forget mm-hmm. the medical bills. How are you paying your rent while you're in the hospital fighting cancer? Who's paying your rent? Mm-hmm. And people were like, I'm donating. I mean, I, I had people, uh, you can come on my podcast. I'd love to help you. I mean, they were just on fire, connecting, wow. collaborating, getting each other's emails. I was literally near tears because they're all so powerful. And I'll do another one with 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 your set of ladies too. It, it was so incredible to see these powerful women. None of them even does remotely the same thing. I love it. And it was oh, I love that so much. It was so and, and and there was one woman on that I love so much. Her name is Dr. Fran. And she is 65. And <laughs> she was hilarious because she said, the audaciousness of these women. He, she was, <laughs> uh, that's the only thing I keep saying. I audacious. It. She just she just couldn't get over it. And then everyone, of course, fell in love with her. You know, <laughs> so it was just so amazing. The whole thing was. But my point is, hello. I could have just that's let that all go, right? I could have just done what I was supposed to do. My social media, contact right. Amy Brenneman, who's a doll and is so sweet, and say, hey, can you you know promote this too? All the things, and just left it right there. Right. And maybe said to a girlfriend, oh yay, cheers. 50 episodes. Or no. I marked like, okay, now my goal is a hundred and not even taking the time to do that. I am so stinking proud of you for doing that because that is how you do it. And that's how you keep yourself in this place of feeling, realizing how much you're doing the impact. I mean, that was huge because you could look in that zoom room and say, well, I, I did that. Wow. Yes. I did. I, I, saw that in these women and they are seeing that in each other. And, and I am the person that made that this possible, this room possible. And that is, we, we, we get bashful and want to be modest. There's a line in my book that kind of has helped people to get it. That says the presence of humility should not mean the absence of personal accolade. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. You, it's okay to pat yourself on the back and say, I did, these women are here because I did that. Yes. That's a great thing. But it's you're funny not when you mark the occasion either. like that, just like you're saying, I felt it. Yes. I felt it, I felt it tangibly. It wasn't yes. just like when people were saying, a lot of people said to me, oh my gosh, congratulations. I saw you put on social media. It's so great. Text me. Good. Yeah. You're amazing. Toast me. You're great. And I was like, awesome. Thank you. But until I did that, because you have to kind of also, I think, find your own way to celebrate because it means different things to different people. Don't you think? Yes. Oh, it does. There's a, there's another section in the book. When I tell you, I was so thoughtful about this. It took nine months to do it, but there was a page. I started thinking, how do people celebrate themselves? So I have a girlfriend text thread that there are probably about 10 of us on there. And I reached out and I'm saying, hey, girls, I'm writing my working on my book. And I want to know, how do you celebrate yourself when you do something really good? And it was crickets. I'm like, why are they not responding to me? A couple of days later, I'm like, hey, hello, just want to ask again. And then one said, oh, my gosh, Tony, I don't. 
I don't do that. And then they started chiming in. They don't. So then I thought, let me go over to Facebook and ask the question. I go over there. Very few people responded saying they did anything. So then I started asking, how would you celebrate yourself? And that's where I came to understand the difference between we reward and celebration, because a lot of them said, well, I reward myself by, you know, I'm like, nope. We're not talking about reward. You don't reward your child for turning 10. You have a celebration. (laughs) So we're talking about celebration. So I put a, I asked what are those things and got, you know, kind of a little survey of how, what does celebration mean for you? So there's a little section with all of these suggestions on ways that you can celebrate. My husband's like, I get a good cigar, you know, um, or buy a nice bottle of scotch. And some is like, I sleep in, I give myself permission to sleep in and veg out, you know, all day. And one, I love the train. And so my thing is getting on the train and that's my, you know, way of escape and treating myself and just being in, in the moment. And it was nice to see all of these different ways, but you're right. It's very different to each person. But back to your your hosting the event, I bet you you walked a little bit taller. Your shoulders are rolled back that much, your chin just that much higher after doing that because you got a chance to see yourself. Oh my gosh, it makes me want to cry thinking about you doing that because it's so, so, so important. It's really, I'm so proud of you for doing it, that. It really showed me something else too because I loved it, right? But I knew mm-hmm. they loved it. And when they yeah. were emailing me and each one, they all said the basic same thing. They said, the women in that room blew my mind. Yeah. Yep. What a community you have built. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you for having me there just to be in the room. Half of them were just sitting there just stunned while the <laughs> other ones were talking. And I thought, mm-hmm. this, is, this is what this is about, is bringing this, is, this podcast to people and saying, Tony just said that celebration and celebrating and reward, that's different. Wait a minute. Like, you know, you, you, I want women to come away and just think, I'm not thinking about this right. Or like, I am motivated or I am going to use that story and I'm going to do it. So you're right. I think it is really one of those things where at the end, I was really so thrilled and felt so good about all the work I've done. It kind of, like you were saying, re-energized me yeah. like to keep yeah. going and keep go- doing all the things. Yeah. But it was amazing to see that they felt the exact same way. I know. <laughs> it's a, here's a thing too. I will tell you, this is another thing that I've learned. It's infectious. When they see that in you, that I know all of those women walked away feeling celebrated, feeling a part of something good. And that carries on. There's a ripple effect you know, to that kind of enthusiasm and exuberance about something that you've done. I remember when I ran the LA Marathon, it was so exciting for me because, you know, you put your name on your 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 shirt so that people can, you know, encourage you when you're going. It's so cool that how many people were cheering me on for doing this. I mean, Tony, you can do it. Keep going. You got this. And it's that thing when people see you and you've got this momentum and you're trying and you're out there celebrating, they get excited. They start jumping around. I mean, if you go into a room and you start clapping, you're like, people are like, what? They'll start clapping too. They don't even know why. They don't even know why. They want to get in on the celebration because it's a good thing. It's so true. It's catching. It's catching. Um, Tell me about your work as a positioning and visibility strategist. I kind of want to know 
well, first of all, what kind of you do for people? And then also how can people work with you? I, we're all buying the, my hype book. We, we know that. Is that that's just step one. We're all getting the book. Hello, Warriors. We'll do a, um, we'll do a special code for oh, women. Yes. Really? A special code. Yep, I am. Okay, look in the show notes for the special code to get your hype book. Okay, I'm I love a I love a discount code more than I, I, I shop at Marshall's. So you can you tell? <laughs> Me too. Okay. So, but tell me about the work you do and how can people like work with you if they want to work with you? Okay. So I find myself working with a lot of people who are either pivoting or they're launching something new, or they're just wanting to give themselves permission to do something different. And they want to find the best way, not only to do that, but how do they position themselves as an authority in the space where they are? Um, a lot of times we, you know, I think a lot of us are from the generation that we just kind of let our work speak for us. We weren't the ones that were out saying, you know, I did this, you know. Um, so it's, it is a combination of if you are going to do this thing, how do you build it so that one, you are seen, you are recognized as the authority that you are. How do we find the most confident, compelling, and creative way for you to step in the spotlight of your success so that you can be recognized and attract the kind of clients or customers that or audience that you're trying to do? And it's a, we create sort of a, a, a roadmap. It's very customized to what your goals are and where you see yourself and how you see yourself out there. But looking at what are those ways that would be most beneficial to you? Is it that you write a book? I have a client that we're working with her to write her book right now. And it's so much fun. And in addition to, so we aren't just writing the, I'm not just helping her write the book, but we're building a brand around it and we're building a platform because as you know, you, you can't just write a book and that's it. You There has to be a lot more that props it up and, and also taking advantage of the opportunity for yourself to leverage it for business and, and new opportunity. Yeah. Um, is it to launch a podcast? Is that the way you insert your voice into an industry? Is it for you to start speaking? You know, What are those stages that would, would allow you to reach the audiences that you want to reach. So we look at that positioning piece. We look at that visibility piece. So we look at, you know, what are the best ways for you to get out there as an authority in your space so that you're recognized for the expertise that you bring to, you know, the, 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 the target market that you're trying to reach. It's been the most fun work for me because I get to use all of my PR, you know, experience as well as, the, what I've done with this book over the past couple of years, because a lot of women don't know how to, and I work with men too, but mostly women don't know how to step in the spotlight of their success. They don't know how to own that I did all of those things and I'm worthy of being, you know, featured in that publication or that magazine or, or on that new show or that podcast. A lot of them don't even think, you know, what's that, that statistic that said men will apply for a job with 60% oh. of qualifications, but women, oh, we, we've got to check every box and be past a hundred percent. Oh, I, I did a whole podcast episode on that called top yourself on the shoulder shoulder with Dr. Serena. It's the number four, listen to podcast for that there. exact reason. Cause I men believe. will be like, you know what? I think I'm going to run for president today. Right. Exactly. And they've had no experience at all. I'm not going to mention right. any names. And then 
But people, women, <laughs> will be like, I can't run for president. I right. haven't done this, 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 right. this, 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 and 40 other things exactly. that you don't even really need to be president, by the way. But we exactly. just are going to hold ourselves to such a standard that we won't even put our hat in the ring. Won't even put our hat in the ring. Crazy. So what I do in this work is help you to realize how you put your hat in the ring and why you're worthy of putting your hat in the ring and why you're worthy of those stages. And also really just thinking out of the box on what are those opportunities that are going to garner the kind of visibility that's going to be of benefit to you. I, I never subscribe to all publicity is good publicity. You know, that to me is not realistic. I think you want to be intentional about getting yourself out there. You want to be intentional about where you are seen and how that really works for you and the goals that you have. So it's a little bit of coaching. It's a little bit of advice strategy. from a standpoint. Yeah. You know, a lot of strategy involved in there. And then just guidance on, you know, how do we navigate this and, and you know, bring this thing to fruition. And it's been exciting for me because I love building things and I get to be a part of helping, you know, all of these individuals build the thing that they're doing. And I've also been the, from a child, I was that person that if there was a new ice cream shop that was really good, I wanted everybody in the neighborhood to know about it. And I wanted my mom to pack everybody in the car to take us all there so we could all, you know, go there together. So it's really exciting for me to have an opportunity to then also help my clients get on. Yeah. So there is a little bit, I do a little bit of pitching for them as well and creating those opportunities for you to get on what we call get on the mic and, and find that, you know, that way to see yourself and then coaching in that, you know, how do we do that media coaching? So you're ready for that interview. How do we do that? You know, we come up with those questions and those targets for you to be really on in that podcast or, yeah. or that speaking. So it's it's a an amalgamation of all the things that I've been yes. doing. Yes. And it's very, very exciting and very rewarding. I love it. You really, you've taken every single thing you've learned and found your true calling, which is amazing. And <laughs> I love you. You're basically somebody's hype woman. That's exactly. You're, you're so a hype I woman. Like I, I hire you and I say, I want to do this. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to get there. And you're like, you know what? You're going to do it. And I'm going to show you how it's going it's to happen. So it's going to happen. That. And this is how we're going to do it. I, I, I remember it. when I first started this, I was like, I can't think of a title for myself. I was at a dinner, you know, Jan McCarthy. Yeah. Jan McCarthy. Yes. So we're at one of Jan's dinners and I, we're going around and I'm like, my dilemma is I don't know what to call myself. I've written this book. And then another girl down this, she's like, uh, hype woman. <laughs> How about no. you're the hype woman? And I'm like, I never thought about that. But I so mean, that's so funny. <laughs> that's the first thing I thought when, I, when you've been talking this whole time. All right, guess what, Tony? It's time for the speed round. Okay, okay. It's okay. the fun part. It's the fun part. All right, are you ready? Cocktail of choice. I love a mojito. I'm like such a... You know, it's because I grew up in the South. After Boston, we moved back to the South. And so it's like a mint julep, you know? Yes. So a good mojito, that ginger, and just uh, the mint. I love it. Love it, love it. I love it too. And I have to say my my son was in vitro, but Coco, my daughter, was a mojito. <laughs> so it's romantic too. Um, mantra or quote you live by? The one that I actually wrote, how funny is that? That the presence of humility should not mean the absence of personal accolade. That has become the thing that I, 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 for years, I didn't know how to give myself a pat on the back. And now that's what I do. And that's how I keep my, my spirits up and, and also those around me. I love it. Okay. What about 
What makes you feel unstoppable? Oh, my faith. It's my faith. Honestly, I have always been a woman of faith. You know, my family has always, you know, been that way. And so that that's the thing. I have a huge imagination and I'm a, just, I have this insatiable desire to do something new and I'm extremely optimistic about things. My, my sister says it's ad nauseum, you know, <laughs> I believe in the possibilities. And I think most of my family has always kind of thought that that's, I'm a bit extreme in that area, but it's worked for me. <laughs> it has worked for you. Who do you most admire? Any woman who has the courage to step out and do the damn thing is who I admire. I am that person that, especially if they're like the underdog, oh my goodness, they are my instant hero. I love it when somebody has the courage to just go for it and try and leave it all on the, you know, on the floor and just say, I'm, I'm worth trying it, or I believe it enough to go for it. That's that that person that I'm most impressed with. And, and, and they're always a hero for me. Oh my gosh. Yes. What are you most proud of? I'm really proud that I had that agency for 10 years. I'm really, really proud that I did that. I felt so much shame around giving it up after I did, but now I look back and the things that we accomplished for our clients, the teams that I had, the employees that worked and what they went on to do. I was really big on hiring people right out of college so that I could really kind of groom them to operate in the same excellence that I felt like I did. And to see where they've gone on, the things they've gone on to do, I can look back now over those 10 years and say, I did that. And I'm extremely proud of that accomplishment. But it took me a little bit to get to that place where I could look back and say it was all a good thing as opposed to picking apart all the things that I felt like I could have done better. Well, the letting go of that, I mean, has led to your ultimate joy. So, I mean, that's just, (laughs) that's such a lesson to me that, you know, we sometimes I had a girl that come on the podcast. She talked about the life affirming joy of quitting. Kanora Bahal, I don't know if you know her, but she she said, "Well, not doing something is a choice." Yes. Like if you had just stayed, right? Right. That's a choice too. That's a and choice. A lot of people think, "Oh no, I don't want to leave. I'm just going to stay here." Well, staying there is a choice. So it's you could have not. You could have kept yourself there and beat yourself up and had another couple years go by. Then you'd right. be really mad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's amazing that you were willing to let it go and all the joy that it's brought you. I really am impressed by that. What's exciting you the most right now? <laughs> the end of the pandemic. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm seeing the light at the end of the tum- tunnel. My husband and I are vaccinated and we had a date out at a restaurant the other what? night this past weekend. We took the top down and I was feeling like the most liberated woman. I saw that Instagram post. <laughs> I, I saw you in your convertible. That was so cute. Oh my goodness. We had the music on, all old school stuff. We were just feeling the freedom of the moment. And it's really not, after being, I mean, we were really disciplined about staying hunkered down. We were stuck at home and it wasn't so horrible for us. I mean, it was an incredibly emotional year, but to just be out and see people out and about, that is exciting me. I'm like, it's so funny. I hadn't 
been out and driven in a while. And I was driving down the 405 and the traffic was kind of heavy. And, you know, that used to drive us bananas. I'm like, it's traffic. And I'm kind of like waving at people in the car. (laughs) My husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's just there are other people. Do you see the people in the South? When you pass people, you wave, you say, hello. Hi. Hey, how are you? You don't do that so much here. I have been saying <laughs> hi to everybody that I see on the street. <laughs> so that's exciting me right now. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Thank you so much, Tony, for coming on today and sharing oh, all your you awesomeness and your wisdom. Thank you. I appreciate it. This has been a blast. I have, have been such a fan. I love, love, love what you're doing. It is heartfelt. It is a a riot. It's a great time. And I hope you, I'm excited for your next 150 episodes because I can see people lining up to to get on here because you're doing a really, really amazing thing. Thank you so much, Tony. You're so amazing. And you know what? You can catch Tony also on Clubhouse. I've been doing a lot of Tony events on Clubhouse, so you can find her there too. Just, yeah. just a word to the wise. Okay, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. And remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. Remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Bye, everyone. Bye.